Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Come on, Loretta, don't hold it inside. Well, Nick, who is my husband, has been seeing another woman. I just realized it today when I found blonde hairs on Nick's shirt. Loretta, you're a blonde. Sure, take his side. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and with me to discuss the 15th episode of Cheers Season 5, returning guest, longtime friend of the network, podcaster, and voice actor, Gene Hendricks. Welcome back, Gene. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, it's it's so good to be back to rekindle our uh, <laughs> podcasting relationship. Yes, rekindling <laughs> is something that will definitely get touched upon in this episode. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite visual gags. Um, but uh, yeah, and to, to tip us off for this uh, this episode, we get the return of Nick and Loretta Tortelli um, in an episode that immediately precedes their series, which I'll touch a little bit on later on. But um, first, Gene, I, like, this is the first time you've been on an episode with them. <laughs> There's so much to say about these characters. <laughs> Just kind of in, in general, what do you think about Nick and, and Loretta? I I really enjoy them as characters to come in and basically stir up things because it's never boring mm-hmm. <laughs> with Nick and Loretta on. And, you know, as some, I haven't seen all of Cheers all the way through. Uh, I'm watching along with the podcast. So this is the first time I'm seeing them come in and do their thing every now and again. And I know Loretta's actress primarily from Ghostbusters. Right. Where it's kind of the one note deal. Right. But this, it's, it's, it, I find her fascinating in how she can turn on and off <laughs> real quick, especially as, as you see in this episode. But Nick is just amazing. <laughs> He's always fun to watch. You never have to wonder what his motivation is. It's always crystal clear what his motivation is, but people <laughs> still get sucked in by him. It's hilarious. Gene Kasem, like, th- there's something so unique about everything about her, like from the physicality, the statuesque beauty and the blonde hair and everything like that, to like the, just the sound and the cadence of the voice and everything like that. And like, like kind of like this weird angular sharpness to her there you almost can't believe that she's real so in a way like you like i i find myself wondering like is she a really really good actress or did they just cast somebody who naturally is like that and i can't Mm. i can't figure out but it's it's such a it's such a wonderful performance and it's very easy for her to sometimes be overshadowed by nick because of everything that nick does but i like in an episode like this where it really kind of spotlights her too yeah yeah, she's in more of the episode than he is which is a a nice switch yeah i agree I, i and i think this is actually more of her episode than his um Anyway, well, let's let's get into it and let the, let the listeners hear for themselves. Um, Cheers, Season 5, Episode 15, Spellbound. This one is written by Kimberly Hill, directed by Jim Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, January 22nd, 1987. Loretta Tortelli comes to Cheers in tears and tells Carla that she caught Nick cheating on her. 
Carla is far from sympathetic, believing that she warned Loretta and anyone else who would listen about her ex-husband's general scumminess before Loretta married him. Diane convinces Carla that it's their duty as women to support Loretta in her time of need, and later she convinces Sam that it's his duty to give Loretta a job singing at the bar. When Nick comes in to retrieve his betrothed, Loretta, with the support of Diane, is able to stand up to him. Sam tells Nick to get lost, and a thankful Loretta throws her arms around him in gratitude. Nick gets the wrong idea that Loretta is fooling around with Sam, so he sets his sights very pointedly on Diane in revenge. A week later, as Diane is closing up the bar, Nick shows up in a tuxedo with dual violin players and a troop of waiters for a romantic candlelit dinner. Diane shuts it down and tells Nick to go after Loretta, who shows up then. Loretta, initially wooed, is put off when she sees the dinner was for Nick and some woman named Diane. Loretta storms off. Then Nick tries to seduce Carla with the violins and waiters, but she dumps an ice bucket in his lap. Finally, Diane gets Nick to run out and chase down Loretta. At that point, Sam returns. Diane hopes their marriage won't be anywhere near as ridiculous as the Tortellis, to which Sam takes her in his arms and kisses her. Cue the violins once again. Alrighty, Gene, what did you think about this one? Well, the main thing I came away with was exactly how close does Sam live to the bar? Because <laughs> he's, was... he's able to get home, find out his TV doesn't work, and get back in like five minutes. <laughs> He must have fixed up the Corvette that got damaged last episode. He must have, he must have, uh, the car must be going fine. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I like how Loretta comes in and she's, she has this social interaction autopilot that she's in (laughs) because, (laughs) because every, you know, she's in coming in crying at that high pitched whine of a cry. Yes. yes. And Loretta, are you okay? Uh, yeah, yes, Sam. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> what? <Thanks for asking>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's very polite, oddly almost a little bit formal. Like she's checking off the boxes that you have in, in a conversation. I like the way you put it, autopilot. Yeah, it's it. She knows this is what social interactions are supposed to be, and that's what she does. But then you know she goes around. She sits in Norm's seat because Norm apparently is not drinking tonight, and oh, yeah. All of a sudden, it's, you know, Diane wants to talk to her and says, no, I want to talk. It's, <laughs> it's completely turned off. It's, Car- Carla rebuffs her, and then, she, you know, you know Diane, who moves Loretta's hair out of the way first, mm-hmm. which is interesting uh, injection into personal space. But, uh, then, you know, would you like to talk about it? No, I would not. <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of puts like a hand up too, like just very kind of yeah. dismissive. Like you're not part of this. Like you, you yeah. don't know what's going on. Like, Get like out. She, like, really, like only only assumes that Carla would have anything to do, any kind of sympathy or understanding of this. But, yeah. Or she's had enough interactions with Diane that she just wants nothing to do with her in the first place. Right. 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 Yeah. Um. I I, I mentioned the the writer for this episode, Kimberly Hill. She did write one other episode last season or in season three, I think. Diane Chambers Day, and she will go on to this to write one episode of The Tortellis, and that is kind of the, the thing about this episode, 
is when this one aired on January 22nd, it was immediately followed by the pilot episode of the Tortelli spinoff. Uh, in which, like this one, episodes with Nick actually running out of the bar to chase Loretta. In that show, he chases her all the way to Las Vegas to try to, to try and get her back. Um, and this is just me doing some research. I've actually never seen an episode of the Tortellis. Um, but it went out for 13 episodes, was not well regarded or well reviewed because it didn't get renewed or anything like that. Um, and then we won't see these characters again, unfortunately, until the last season of Cheers. Um, they're going to be gone for a couple of years. But yeah, I, I just thought it was kind of interesting that they they had the spinoff, the Tortellis, right after this episode. And then from then on, the Tortellis moved to Wednesdays for the next uh, the, the rest of the series until May 12th, 1987. That might have been why it wasn't as popular as it could have been, because you would think a Cheers spinoff airing immediately after Cheers would have just had people keep on the channel. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, because I think at this point, I don't know if Night Court was following Cheers anymore. No, I think Night Court might have been on on its own night as well. Yeah, Night Court got moved moved around a couple of times, too. um, Gosh, I can't remember what, what followed years after this like it is in the in the 90s because wing or in the 80s because wings didn't come on till later right um, um i i can understand the thought process behind the whoever was programming at the time hey we have this popular you know spinoff from this popular show let's try and get another night going yeah. but maybe you need that show to be popular first right, right. <laughs> before you enough. move it yeah, wasn't strong enough on its own. Yeah, because like I said, yeah, the these two characters they come in and they mix things up, right? And I've never seen an episode of Tortellis either, but I can't see them being the main focus. No, it's they're they're such great foils that to to have Nick or Lerda as a protagonist kind of yeah, that's that's just that's a hard <laughs> image to, to to conjure up and swallow. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, returning back to this episode, um, the teaser, which is actually kind of like the only recurring, like the only subplot of this episode, uh, has to do with Frazier playing chess. And in the beginning of the teaser, he's playing chess with Norm. And as you point out, Norm and Cliff are almost completely absent from this episode. They don't have anything to do. But at first, Norm is playing with Frazier. Uh, it's not going well for him. Woody tries to help uh, Norm by like telling him to take his horsey guy and move the pointy head guy or something. <laughs> uh, and Norm moves the wrong one and he's checkmated and everything like that. And he has to like walk off and everything. And um, then there's a, there's a quick little interlude with Sam asking Frazier why he's so obsessed with chess. And he mentions that it's a stress reliever. And he's like, I got a stress reliever. Her name is Tawny. Do you want her number? And, Frazier says that back in college, the two things that he did to relieve stress were chess and fencing. And he goes, ah, fencing. I haven't had the old epi out in years. <laughs> Sam's like, yeah, that'd make me pretty tense too. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, I, I have to say, I really like the fact that Frazier finally gets a subplot, as small as it is, that doesn't involve Diane or being accepted by the guys. Yeah, right. True, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're now well beyond that one. And, uh, and it's a good one. And it's, it's actually like, this is one of those episodes where the teaser ends and when act a starts, it's immediately after, like they just cut the end of a joke. Um, so like, we don't have one of your, the sort of insular teasers that could be slotted in any episode. Like the first teaser is part of this episode. Right. Um, 
because and immediately Woody sits down and starts playing across from Frazier and it becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly. Woody might be a little bit of a hustler when it comes to playing chess. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. It's a little bit of a preview of when, he, when the actor would appear in White Men Can't Jump a few years later. But the end, yeah, like Loretta comes in doing her whole thing and then she talks to Carla and Diane has to kind of convince Carla to, to take her back and this is where she, <laughs> Diane says to Loretta, to come home and find that a lover has been unfaithful is a terrible blow. The best therapy is to tell how you feel about it. And Larry goes, I'm against it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Miss Literal. <laughs> there you are. are you for or against infidelity? Just kind of in general. That's how you feel about this thing. Like, Yeah. And there, she mentions the whole thing that she caught Nick, at, like, oh, with uh, blonde hair on his clothes. <laughs> like, Loretta, you have blonde hair. And she's like, oh, sure, take his side. <laughs> now, see, that's just it. Later in the episode, why she stormed out is different. Right. <laughs> kind of finding some, yeah, and I'm just, wait, you couldn't say that up front? I know, I know you want this. She isn't all that bright joke in there, but that's kind of an important fact to leave out. Yes, because the the actual infidelity is is one of my favorite things. Um, When Nick comes in, he says, well, he'll have an exchange with uh, with, uh, Carla and with uh, Diane first. But when he actually confronts Loretta, he says, it was very rude of you to catch me in the shower with Miss Romero. (laughs) She's like, I'm sorry. He's like, you should be. It was very embarrassing. I... I can't tell you why, but for some reason, like my dad, like l- must have loved this scene or th- that like line or something like that, because whenever like growing up, whenever we had a we we're talking about Cheers or we talked about the character of Nick Tortelli or Dan Hedaya, my dad would always revert to this exchange, and he actually kind of like misquoted it, but he would say it was very rude of you to come in on <laughs> Dustin on me and Miss Romero in the shower or me in the shower with another woman. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love how he comes in. I'm I'm willing to forgive you for this. What? Yes. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. <laughs> and of course, Loretta's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, let's get in the car. And she starts to go. And Diane's like, like Loretta, Loretta, stop shit. And Loretta goes, oh, wait. I mean, no. <laughs> she drags the word out so long. My God, that line reading is incredible. Yeah, it's it's interesting though if you think about it. As she ends up going to Vegas, I'm guessing that's because Nick doesn't catch up to her until Vegas. Yeah, because as soon as soon as she is alone with him, no one to tell her otherwise. Yeah, she's just going to go right back to him because mm-hmm. that's, that's what happens. Yeah, I guess in the Tortellis, she goes to Las Vegas to live with her sister, and then Nick chases them, and then. Next, uh, like the oldest kid, Anthony, and his new wife, and like the, all of them, like move into the same place or something. It's some crazy thing. But when Nick first walks in, he has this little dialogue with Carla where they're like trading insults against each other, and uh, they're kind of forced, they're not the best jokes. I, I felt like maybe that was like a, a the writer maybe trying a little bit too hard. But what I did notice or note was that. At this point in their relationship, we've actually seen kind of a continuity and an evolution where they have a routine, like they have a bit. And when we first met Nick, 
Carla was still very much in his thrall, even though they were separated. You know, like she was afraid when he came over because he could have his power over her, even though she insulted him. And now it's like, no, she has clearly broken that spell. That whole she's almost like a recovery of that and everything. So so now they're they're trading these jokes, just sort of like almost like an old comedy couple or something like that. Yeah, they're they're completely over each other. Nick if, and normally Nick is coming back and he's trying to get Carla. Mm-hmm. You, you know, even if Loretta is standing right there, he's trying to get Carla back. Now it's now it's just, yeah, you're my ex. Okay. That's right. it. He and he focuses in on Diane. <laughs> you know, imme- immediately after trading, you know, have you done anything with your hair? No, you should try it. <laughs> but uh, after going back and forth with Carla, he immediately focuses on Diane and, you know, say the word, Blondie, and we're... <laughs> we can happen. <laughs> we can happen. <laughs> you know, so he, he's, he's not, he's completely gone to a different target, uh-huh. which is, in, I guess he now has a type, you know tall blondes there you go yeah because diane goes i would rather be the love toy of a greek army battalion who wouldn't <laughs> Who would? <laughs> like, he's like but dreaming gets you nowhere he's, like, he's kind of like he's like i know where what i am he's like but you know you gotta lower your standards a little yeah <laughs> actually but, so that's a funny thing uh, ju- jumping a little bit ahead of here because i was trying to think about nick a little bit and kind of put something in perspective when the three ladies are together that night drinking after the bar and diane has a beautiful line when she's like they're talking about how his power over women she's like i don't get this this is a man that quicksand would spit up yes <laughs> that's good but she's like, how does he have this power over you and like he he knows women the way a meat cutter knows meat the way a jeweler knows jewelry and loretta she's like the way a marine <laughs> biologist knows marines now that i have to wonder if that was the first take because you it must have been i think it was actually ted danson but you can hear someone just laugh yeah really like loud like you have like the, the studio audience laughter but somebody else like who sounds like they were on the set is really cracking up like, yeah. really. and even even shelly long like it can't hide the smile on her face she's like oh my god like but the thing is, so keeping that in mind, like they think that, okay, he knows women and he has this power over him. At the end of the episode, when he comes to woo Diane, he doesn't approach her the way he would approach Carla or, or, um, or Loretta. He does. He, he comes in as Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. Got, he's got the white top tuxedo and he's got the violins playing as time goes by. Like, Okay, you know, you got to imagine what is in Nick's wheelhouse. He's not going to recite Ode on a Grecian Urn to her. He's not going to be able to talk about, you know, Renaissance art or any of these very erudite and academic things that she has. But what, what do you think is probably the most classy thing that Nick can think of? It's like, oh, Casablanca. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, like she would know that movie. She would be <laughs> impressed by that movie. <laughs> that's the, you know, that's the, Within the realm of possibility for Nick Tortelli, that's as classy and educated as he could get. So <laughs> that's that's the way he presents himself to her. So it's like, okay, like, yeah, he's he's really out of his depth here, but he's making the effort and his instincts are not necessarily wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, he's going to a high-end meal because not only does he have the two violin players, <laughs> he's got a guy whose job apparently is only to light and blow out candles. <laughs> yep. He's He's got two waiters standing behind him. He's <laughs> He must have hit it big in AC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is and not the, cheap. Right. The the other guy who's just pouring the champagne bottles and yeah. filling the champagne glasses. And then, yeah, the, the bus boys. Are, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost like he went to the cafe and got their staff. <laughs> Driving home in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Going backwards a little bit. When, when Loretta tells him that, no, she's going to stand up and she doesn't want to leave with him. And he has this whole thing, like where he's like, "Come on, he's like, don't don't make me get mad or anything." And Sam has to stand up, and he's like, "Come on, Nick, she doesn't want to talk to you. Just just get out of here." And he, he's like, "Sam, they shouldn't see us arguing like this. These people look up to us. We're role models." <laughs> <laughs> like, and Sam is like, "He's like, don't make me tell you guys. I like, just get out of here." He's like, "All right, fine." And then Loretta throws her arms around Sam, gives him a kiss on the cheek, like you know, my hero. Somebody finally defend her, and he's like, "Sam, I'm a gasp." <laughs> And the the physicality of Dan Hedaya, because he's like, you took something of mine, I'm going to take something. And, like, you you have to compare his whole body, like, from, like, the, the, the neck and the head up to, like, a, a radar-guided missile launcher or something like that. The <laughs> yeah, way he's, he's like, he's holding kind of, like, trains and scans and then thing, yeah, and, like, locks on, like, a heat seeker to die hand just with his eyes. Like, his eyes almost get sharp, like they're coming out or whatever. <laughs> and just visibly, like, oh, God. He's like, I'm going to take something of yours. It's so crap. And then the... <laughs> He doesn't do the blow in her ear thing or any of right. that. He's oh, look at the time and tries to hypnotize her. Takes out the pocket watch. Uh, and time, time to think about your life. Like, from this point on, you will for you will fall hopelessly in love with me. You will follow me to the ends of the earth. And he starts to walk. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot about something. He puts the, the watch back up in front of her face. Oh yeah, and bring a six pack. And then, and then, that, with a good Di- joke. yeah, Diane has yeah. the best best thing. You know, who who would be so dim witted as to fall for that? And you see Woody in a trance walking out with a six pack in his hand because you didn't see Woody watching them, but you just get it. Like he's just walking out, like kind of some like sleepwalking, holding the six pack. <laughs> and Sam has to stop him. He's like, "Oh God, it's so good." Like so, it's uh, like some time has gone by. Loretta has been singing at the at the uh, bar. Sam is not happy about that, and Carla thinks that Sam is actually distracted. That Nick is going to try and take Diane away from him, and he's like, oh, "I don't believe that." And they actually she grows through the whole comparison of them, and he's like, "Well, there's a difference between thinking you're God's gift to women and actually knowing it." <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's interesting. And I, I really like the choice that you see as you come back from commercial, you see Loretta thanking everyone and finishing her set, but you never hear her sing. Right. So, right. so you can use your imagination as to how terrible it was. I, I think in their last appearance in the end of, in, in season 11, we do get part of her singing like that part, like half of a song or something like that. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to, to that. Look forward I'll, to. I'll leave it to that. <laughs> we have to wait a couple of seasons, but yeah. 
Sam is denying this, but of course he is really actually distracted by this because he ta- he uh, he added up all of the receipts wrong and got, he said they took in thirty two million dollars that night. <laughs> well, there was a table of ten in the corner. So he says he's going to go distract himself watching watching the end of the basketball game, and that's when he leaves. And then our final set piece when Nick comes in when Diana's alone. <laughs> yeah, he's got the the tux and the the Casablanca music and all the waiters and the whole staff. They're like this tripping surrounded by six guys. You're right. This must have cost him a lot. And from here on, just like the the running bit of him trying to get a woman, and then them like. Shutting him down and rejecting it, and every time, first it's Diane, then Loretta, then Carla, then Diane again, and each time the candles have to be lit again and then blown out and lit again and blown out. And that guy, that extra who's lighting the candle, did his job. I was oh, just yeah. like watching him. I was like, this is such a good bit to just keep on going back to those candles. Yeah, it's funny because apparently Nick is planning on returning the candles because. Why else would you just blow them out? Why don't you just keep them burning? No, he wants to return them as intact as possible so he can get his money back. <laughs> yeah. Well, Carla warns them. She's like, I hope you guys got paid in advance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, maybe not, because when Diane finally tells him to storm off and go chase his wife, he goes, okay, guys, you're off the clock. Find your own ways home. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, the uh, the two violin players are hanging back and figuring out how they're getting home so that Diane can snap her fingers at the very end. Which is such a good return, yeah, when Sam finally comes back. He's like, did I miss something here? As, like, <laughs> the, the waiters and the busboys are cleaning up the tables. Um, and, yeah, she's, he's like, uh, I thought it was more important to be here. She's like, yeah, the TV wasn't working. He's like, no, it's broken, but it's under warranty. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's, Diane is saying, you know, like, how can, how can men can be so stupid to let great women out of their lives and He's like, well, it won't happen with us. And he takes her up in her arms and they kiss. And then, yeah, she does the snap of fingers. And we get the cue of, as time goes by, for like the fifth or sixth time in the last six minutes of the show. But it's... <laughs> and obviously, they they have that just as a recording. They're not going to have these guys continually play because it sounds exactly <laughs> the same every time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's a it's a great running gag with, mm-hmm. with the ending. The <laughs> And... I I have to credit Carla for inventing the ice bucket challenge <laughs> because she's not buying it at all. As you know, oh, you know, is this not a great way to rekindle our relationship? No, this is splash right in pants. <laughs> He's like, you don't believe me. <laughs> And then yeah. when Diane comes back out, uh, excuse me if I don't get up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, Diane, fate has brought us together again. Forgive me if I don't stand up. <laughs> Perfect. And it's the time before that, when I love it when like Loretta is sitting there and she's like, she's like happy being seduced, but then she notices that the cake originally said for Nick and Diane. She's like, why does it say that? He's like, well, you know what a lousy speller I am. And she's like, oh yeah, right. And you can see Nick like, whew, she bought it. But then she goes. But wait, that's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Because she doesn't connect the dots because she thinks Diane's name is actually Debbie. Right. So this is for someone, some woman named Diane. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so, so good. Um, And yeah, and yeah, just a a great place to leave these characters that we've seen. And I I think like, I, I mean, 
as as amazing and as watchable as Nick and Loretta are, I think they were smart to have them appear once or twice a season, no more, no less than that. Um, cause too much, I, I think too much of them would probably be a bad thing, which is why the show didn't, why there's mm-hmm. their own show didn't work, but to have them just come up as, and just, as you say, kind of disrupt and shake things up for one episode. They were just, they were so good at it. And yeah, I, I remember going through as the season started, like, especially when we were first meeting Nick and Loretta was more of just kind of window dressing in the side, like the way Nick could just steal the episode was fantastic, but I think starting with the last one where they went to their, uh, Nick and Carla went to their old dance, um, old like high school dance competition or something like that. That was when I started to say, I was like, you know what? Loretta is just as funny in her way as Nick is. And she's able to, she's able to, to capture some of these scenes. And, and you're right. Like, even though, even though they kind of lose her early on in the, at the end of the episode, because we get a scene with Carla and with Diane and then Sam and Diane, I do think this is sort of her, this is sort of a Loretta episode. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I first noticed with the, that dance competition, because the whole premise of that being that Nick and Carla had to be the, the couple to win. When Nick says, no, no, my partner stank. Just the fact that Loretta gets the, the shocked and appalled facial expression. She doesn't say anything. She's just behind him and she she's reacting to it. That's when I kind of figured out, okay, she's really getting into this. She knows Mm -hmm. what's going on. And that carried over into this one where now she's able to. It's it's like she's got multiple layers of what occurs, you know, in her brain, like the programming. And it's like at the beginning, it's like, okay, I'm upset, but this is social kick in that subroutine <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know oh diane's here brush her off <laughs> and, right but you can see the wheels turning in there and it's it's terrific the way she does it mm-hmm. yeah guys i i think that's all i got for this episode other than just it's one of those where i'm laughing pretty constantly but yeah i laughed out loud at least three times in this and yeah. it, was, it, it was great because it's it's all the reactions it's like I did not expect that to come out of someone's mouth. It's terrific. <laughs> and again, I, I've i never seen the Tortellis. I don't know if it's streaming for free on any service. It might be one of those where you can you can buy the episodes and watch them digitally on like Amazon or something like that. I don't know. But uh, um, yeah, they're, they're, I, was, I was never planning on watching them and reviewing them in the context of this podcast or anything like that. So probably um, a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I want to keep the streak of good episodes going. <laughs> um, and I felt like the first half of this season had some gems, but there was also a lot of episodes that were just kind of, all right, kind of sluggish and kind of harder to get through. Um, but I think right now we're in, the, we're in the middle of a streak of really, really good episodes right now in the second half of this one. So, All right. Now, if anyone d- is brave enough to want to watch Tortellis, it is streaming on archive.org. Okay. So they have go. all 13 episodes there. Uh, good luck to you. <laughs> uh, you know what a lousy speller I like. <laughs> 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 that, that defense. Like, oh, wait, that's really bad. <laughs> um, for Norm's tab for this episode, we, we kind of mentioned he only had two beers, and I think he only had two lines of dialogue in the whole show. Um, one of those was in the, the, the teaser when he's playing chess with Frazier, and then 
that he's shown briefly later on in this episode when uh, like well, a week later in uh, Cliff, he has a line about if he traveled at the speed of light in space, he would come back 10 years older, but everybody else would be 80 years older. And Norm's like, eh, for once, you'd be the best player on our sport, on our softball team. So, <laughs> um, I just can't talk science with you, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with two beers this episode, that takes him up to 445 for the series. Um, He's got a lot of beer to drink through. <laughs> that's it. That's it. For the rest of it. <laughs> um, for the employee of the week, this was tough just because there were so many strong contenders. Um, Diane, Nick, Loretta, even Carla a little bit. I ended up giving this one to Loretta, though. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. Just, just like I said before, the fact that she can switch this uh up being upset on and off real quick she can turn on a dime at, with her reaction so yeah i had to give it to loretta as well for the home run um the these kind of surprised me and i think it was just where some of the jokes and some of the dialogue was so funny that some of them kind of like canceled each other out but i found myself really chuckling at some non-verbal gags hmm. and one of them was for my runner up was when Woody made the sound, the bombs away sound effects when he was playing chess with Frazier <laughs> and Frazier's reaction every time he every time he took one of Frazier's pieces he would go <laughs> and Frazier just like getting so fed up more and more with it. Yeah, you you can't do much better than a Kelsey Grammer reaction shot, right? Right. <laughs> And when, when Fraser tells Woody that he's an idiot savant, and he's like, yeah, but I cover it by smiling a lot. <laughs> um, and then I, I think my, my real home run, like the funniest gag, it's, it, again, it's not necessarily the line of dialogue. It is just the, the blocking and the, the repetition of the cue the music as time goes by and lighting the candles. And then blowing them out, stopping the music. And then, oh, a new woman walked in. Cue the music, light the candle. <laughs> and they just the way they just keep going back to that again and again and again. I, I thought that was so funny. And like to like think of the, like the staging of that as if that was on a play and giving you know people something to do really quickly. Yeah, yeah. That those background actors definitely earned their pay in this one. It was, mm. That that added to the whole scene. Because you have the just these guys in the white jacket standing back there, not saying anything, just <laughs> reacting to what everyone else is doing. Yep. Uh, what about you? What did you All say? right. Well, uh, my runner-up was the whole marine biologist <laughs> back and forth. That that was just terrific. But my top one, it's when uh, Diane and Nick are sitting at the table and the violins are playing and. Diane says to him, the only thing you inspire in me is the desire to flee and then to be de flee. <laughs> and just her delivery of that is hilarious. It's so good. It is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, final thing I would, I want to give a shout out to is just like the way the way Nick looks at Diane when he's like you took something of mine I'm going to take something of yours and just like the whole body just like narrows it like you could like hear a sound effect worrying in his like head when he does that so yeah these two are essentially live action cartoon characters <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and it works as guest stars yes yes 
Um, yeah, sadly, we'll have to wait about five more seasons before we get them again, or six six seasons. Um, but Gene, uh, as always, thank you for coming on Cheerscast and being with me to talk about this episode. This was a whole lot of fun. Well, thank um, you very much for having me. <laughs> yeah, where else can people find you if they want to hear your wonderful voice and more in podcastosphere or otherwise? Well, podcasting-wise, I'm basically doing guest spots like this. Uh, my own shows are all uh, on hiatus or basically done. But primarily what I'm doing online now is I'm trying to break into voice acting, which uh, if you want to see whatever I'm doing, best place to go is uh, erhendrixva.com. That's my voice acting website. I have all the things I've been in on there. I'll be post post to twitter and facebook etc but it's it's an interesting thing because when normally when you're trying to break into something the people that are already there are like no we don't need more competition voice actors especially on twitter are like no come on in here's some tips or hey there's some auditions going on i'll tag you and it's like wow this i didn't expect people to be this friendly it's amazing that's awesome yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Again, thanks for being on the show, Gene. And thanks to all of you who listen to Cheers Cast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, who sponsor this show. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite shows on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Loretta, if I have caused you uh, any heartache, I want to say I'm sorry, but I really do love you, and I know you love me, and it's crazy for us not to be together. You're the only woman on earth for me. How come the cake says Nick and Diane? Excuse me? How come the cake says Nick and Diane? You know what a lousy speller I am. Oh, right. (laughs) But wait, that's pretty bad.